Chapter Fourteen of the Fall River Tragedy by Edwin H. Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen. Doctor Dolan cross-examined. In the afternoon, Doctor Dolan was placed upon the stand and continued his testimony under the cross-examination of Colonel Adams. He said, "It was about noonday when I got to Andrew J. Borden's house. First heard of the murder when I was in front of the Borden house." was out driving to visit patients. It was in consequence of questions I asked when I saw the crowd before the house that I learned what had happened. I went into the hall or entryway in the rear of the house. I met Bridget Sullivan and Dr. Bowen in the kitchen. I then went into the sitting room. Andrew Borden lay in such a way as to face me. There were two officers present. I looked at the body and inquired where Mrs. Borden was. I went up the stairs. They were winding stairs to a certain extent. There was a Brussels carpet on the floor. I had to turn to the left to enter the doorway. On my left side between me and the bureau was a bedstead. The bedstead was opposite the front of the house. Can't remember if anybody was in the room when I entered it. Dr. Bowen gave me my information about Mrs. Borden. Dr. Tertelow and Dr. Hartley were with me afterwards to examine the room. I looked across the bed when I got into the room and saw the body. The woman's arms were raised a circle above her jaw, and her head lay in the circle, the woman lying on her face. I pointed out three things to the architect or engineer when he was there. As nearly as I saw then, should say the distance between the bureau or dressing case and bed was more than two feet ten inches, which the architect gave as a distance this morning. Mrs. Borden was a stout woman. Her body did not fill up the space between the bureau and the bedstead. There was a foot of space left on either side of her. She was lying a little on her left side. It was diagonally on her left side. This left the right and a portion of the left side of her head fairly well exposed. It must have been twelve o'clock nearly before I went upstairs. The body had not been changed in position at that time. I was told by Dr. Bowen it had not been. I put my hands into the wounds of the old lady. I'm very confident no blood dropped from my hands when I drew them away. I got several spots of blood on me, either upstairs or downstairs. I think downstairs. Cannot recollect if my hands touched Mr. Borden before I went upstairs. I think I touched Mrs. Borden first, when I saw her the second time. Colonel Adams spent an hour in questioning the witness about irrelative matters, and then the medical examiner continued, saying, I took notes the second time I was in the room. After that I assisted officers Mulally and Doherty in searching the house. We searched the lower floor first, I think. Don't know where Miss Lizzie was at this time. She was up in her room, where I saw her last before the search. I think she was up in her room when we began the search think she went upstairs by the front way, saw her in her room three or four times. Wouldn't say I saw her in her room when I took the view. I'm not positive whether I made the examination of Mrs. Borden before or after the search. Saw Miss Lizzie last at one thirty o'clock. At the time of the examination of Mr. Borden, others were also present. Mrs. Borden was dressed in a calico gown. The lawyers for the defence now both began to cut the strings of a bundle which had been placed on Mr. Jennings's desk. 
As they were doing it, Judge Blaisdell asked Dr. Dolan if he wouldn't sit down. The doctor said not just yet, but Mr. Adams, looking up, asked if he was the one referred to. The court said he wasn't, and Mr. Adams remarked that he wasn't quite ready yet. Out of the bundle which Mrs. Jennings and Adams were opening, there now rolled a doll about ten inches in height and the head of a record doll. Mr. Adams called the doll a mannequin in talking to the court afterwards, but it was simply a doll. As it was produced, the crowd in the courtroom laughed. Dr. Dolan testified that a pillow sham with spots of blood on it was on the bed in the room where Mrs. Borden was. The piece of door jam was brought in, and with it a piece of plastering. After careful examination of the moulding, Dr. Dolan indicated a tiny spot on the paint. It was about the size of two pinheads. After Mr. Adams had finished with the piece of moulding, Mr. Jennings took it and showed it to Reverend Mr. Buck, who sat behind him, pointing out the spots to the Reverend gentleman. Reverend Mr. Buck smiled incredulously and settled back in his chair. Mr. Brigham, whose wife was the firm friend of the Borden girls, looked at the moulding and said nothing. The relic was being passed along further when Mr. Knowlton suggested it be returned to the desk, and it was placed there. Mr. Adams discussed the wounds of Mr. Borden next and had them carefully described to him with marks in the doll's head and by measuring the extent of the blows on his own face. Dr. Dolan continued, "'Did not go to the house Friday,' went there Saturday and met Marshal Hilliard, Mr. Jennings, Assistant Marshal Fleet, and Mr. Seaver, took up and carried away a great many things, took away a white underskirt. There was a spot of blood on the meshes of this skirt. The spot was about a foot from the ground. There was also a smooch found at the upper part of the opening to a pocket in a dress. I saw this through a microscope. All these things went to Professor Wood, I think Mr. Jennings gave them to me. There were, in all, a dress, a blouse waist, and an underskirt, and a pair of shoes. The shoes were sent for afterward. We had searched everywhere on Saturday and been afforded every opportunity for looking around. There were two hairs on one of the hatchets found in the cellar. They were grey hairs, and one was very short. The short one was three-quarters of an inch long and was caught in the rough end surface of the handle. I looked at it under a microscope. I did not know whether or not this was a human hair, but it looked as if one end was broken. The other end was fine. At this point the hearing was adjourned to Friday morning at ten o'clock. District Attorney Knowlton stated that as his presence at the hearing was purely voluntary, he would ask the court to question three or four witnesses who might be called before his arrival in the morning. He said they would testify to the movements of Mr. Borden while out of doors on the morning of the tragedy. End of chapter 14